1: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin, and I'm Eric. And tonight we've got a pretty interesting uh, topic to talk about. Uh, it's one of our favorites, cryptids. Uh, but uh, before we get going, Eric, man, how has it been going? We had to skip last week just because of schedules, and I think it gives a good, uh, a good wall into the new month. But uh, how's everything been going so far?
0: Yeah, everything's been going good. You know, I've been kind of prepping the new house, getting ready to move. Uh, So I've been getting the studio ready, which is I'm excited to be in a new studio uh, that I hope will even help a little more with sound too because I'm in this really big open area right now. There's a lot of echo at times.
1: I was going to say you got brick around you usually. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's everything (laughs) bounces. Nothing's absorbed. Uh, So that'll be really nice. And carpet. I have carpet in that room now. This is just I have smart floor where I'm at currently. So that's even more... Uh, for these ways to be bouncing off of. Uh, so I've been doing that. And then, of course, I mean, we did a little live thing on Saturday, last Saturday for Halloween. Uh, the right. first. And, and Halloween was, of course, a fun evening, uh, again, as it is every year. We just kind of hung out uh, with my sister and brother-in-law, and we passed out candy. Uh, nothing crazy, just, you know, I was, I was surprised at how many people were actually outside, like out trick-or-treating that night. Um, I didn't expect that. And I think, I don't know what it was like everywhere else. I heard mixed reviews about it. Like some places had a lot of kids and other places had none. Uh, so I think really a lot of that is just people are tired of being cooped up, (laughs) you know, in the house. Like this is a good time to go. It's Saturday night. We don't have school the next day. Uh, but you know, there's that. And of course we didn't talk about it on Saturday, which I don't know why I meant to bring it up and I didn't, but of course we did have the first full moon on Halloween night uh, in what seventy-one years or something like that. Uh, so well, and it was... was
1: a blue moon on top of that, right? So.
0: so that was pretty cool. You know, I snapped a couple pictures of that because uh, you know why not? Gotta gotta have those uh, little memories. So <laughs> it's fun, you know. Did my annual howl at the moon, which you guys don't get to do. Maybe I'll start doing that every Halloween. I'll just do a live thing through Parachute, and we can all do a real live howl every Halloween. Uh, that'd be fun. <laughs>
1: Well, you did one on Facebook, the Facebook page. So, That's <laughs> oh, right. you t- actually turned into a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Uh just been busy with work. Um, I'm actually participate participating in NanoRIMO this year, so I'm trying to get my writing, uh, back on track, get it a little bit better. Uh, <clears throat> um. In the in the gears of doing it all the time, so right. it's it's hard only because you know I've got so many different things that I'm trying to do creatively plus try to work full time. But uh, I, I've been doing it. I've actually been even if it's just a couple hundred words a night. Um, and we're only into day four. Um, but I'm up to like uh, thirty two hundred words. Uh, just because I'm kind of going off of my handwritten stuff for right now, but I have to type it out so I can actually know what my word count is because I'm not counting it by yeah. hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, so, I mean, do you have
0: a set uh, number that you're trying to get to by the end of the month, or are you just kind of winging it?
1: Uh, well, NaNoWriMo, the goal is 50,000 words, so that's okay. what I'm going to try and stick to. Um, they do give you a set amount that in order to reach that goal per day, what you should be writing. Um, I don't know of if everybody has this problem, but some days I'll write a lot more and other days I'll only write a little bit. So, um, you get kind of a graph chart about, you know, where you're at and, you know, mm-hmm. if you're following what they expect you to be doing, Um uh, but it, it's actually it is cool to to kind of do this just to see because uh, if you if you track it right, you can see how many words you're writing per minute. Uh, where you know it asks you where you're writing your home, your basement, uh, your work, whatever. Um, so it's it's cool to just kind of get into that groove again and just enjoy it on top of yeah. that. So.
0: Yeah, it's, that's something I've always kind of wanted to do. I've watched, uh, just like these YouTube videos I watch, like it's like BookTube, they call it. I don't think kids call it. I just go with it. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. Um, but, you know, it's like these people, they they talk about different books that they are buying or that are coming out um, on the shelves, you know, le- new releases. Uh, and I'm always looking for the new book to read. So they're always participating in NaNoWriMo because some of these, a lot of these people are writers as well. It's something I've always wanted to do. But I just don't have the mentality to sit there and (laughs) force myself uh, to do it like some some others do. Uh, But, you know, it's it's cool. I think it's a great thing to have. I think it's great to follow NaNoWriMo, Uh, if anything, to at least push yourself into the next level of writing. Maybe you don't stay consistent. I know a lot of people don't actually complete the 50,000 during the month of November, but they do up their tally of what they would have done originally. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing. You know, I think there's people out there who, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I will find my own motivation because, you know, and they have that type of pride and maybe they do, maybe they don't. Uh, but for a lot of people, they need that extra kick. Right. And it's just mm. like anything else, you know, whether you're working out or you're doing the podcast or uh, you need, obviously, like you're doing a podcast, you get bored if nobody's listening. So you need to have right. those listeners to help push you a little further. Right. To get out of your comfort comfort zone. Uh, and I think that's how NaNoWriMo works. So good for you. I'm glad that you're doing it, and I, I hope I hope you end up picking it up and getting like the the fifty thousand somehow. That'd be great.
1: If I yeah, if I don't, you know, at least I, I I did my best to get at least just get start getting back into the habit again. Um, and, and that's my biggest thing is, you know, I'm feeling kind of of frustrated because I I'm not doing the count that I want to, but mm-hmm. um, you know. We have a group together with uh, my writing group and, and we're all participating in NaNoWriMo together. So I think that's something that's very crucial, especially like you're saying you want to do it. You just don't know how to get the motivation. Uh, sign up on NaNoWriMo.org and you can put in your, your uh, area that you're, you're in and start looking for people that can come together as a group and, and participate together. Um, it's rough to do that, especially if you don't really know a whole lot of other writers. But um, I think that's the biggest thing is you need you need that support group right. to do it. Um, For sure. But enough about writing and all that happy stuff. Tonight we've got a new cryptid that I've actually never heard of. I hadn't heard of it until Eric had brought up brought it up it's called the uh the reach around is that what it's called eric
0: (laughs) whoa 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 (laughs) Whoa. that's (laughs) a completely different show (laughs) um it's called the hide behind oh the (laughs) hide
1: tomato tomato
0: (laughs) yeah i'm not sure
1: (laughs) well (laughs) <laughs> yeah this this is actually one that I had actually never heard of until uh Eric had brought it up the hide behind um and you know kind of like some of the other cryptids that we talked about uh the the research was kind of vague um you know there there was you had to kind of really dig to find anything of significance um but uh Eric why don't you give us some of the information that you had found um like i guess let's start off did you ever find anything where how far it goes back in time
0: uh not really the 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 most that we get in, in at least the idea that we get for how far it goes back is colonial times you know back when the u.s was first being populated by the colonials um that's when it really began. And it was primarily stories through the colonial loggers uh, of the time. These people who are out in the woods, chopping down trees, you know, building, building up the various villages uh, around the country. <clears throat> but there's no like year dates. We don't have an exact, a, hey, it was, you know, such and such date to such and such date that this came about. Uh, it's just all by word of mouth. No one has ever, according to the stories, no one ever really survived this. They, they, whoever saw it ended up dead. So he was all like, Oh, well what's happening. And I don't know if they came up with this conclusion or maybe somebody out there did survive and made it to a village. Uh, I, I don't know that again, like you said, the details behind the hide behind are very sparse. Uh, and really when you look at the evidence and the various tales, they're all very similar minus a few details here and there, depending on what you're reading or watching, Uh, to do your your research. But for the most part, they're all pretty similar. One thing that is, I think, important to note is that the hide behind isn't something that's like, wasn't countrywide for America. This wasn't like taking place in all states, but it was primarily localized in the regions of Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Michigan, uh, which is, of course, considered USA logging country. And this was you know within the woodland regions which was pretty much everything back then you know there weren't big towns you were talking about little tiny villages uh, that were popping up here and there uh, that were still kind of surrounded by Native American lands you know Mm. so this was real early in America's history at least modern America's history and the one thing that that we've come to see regarding the hide behind is that it's this creature that seems to always lurk it seems to lurk and hunt uh, by slowly and patiently chasing its prey i guess it stalks its prey if you turn around like you're hearing a noise or something you turn around you might catch a glimpse of it but you never get a whole view of it because it's too fast. It always jumps out of the way and hides behind something. Uh, And that's how it really got its name is that every time you'd see it, you'd only see it for a moment before I hid behind something or you'd hear it, but you'd never see it because it was always hiding behind something. And that something is usually trees or tree trunks. Uh, There have been other things too, bushes and uh, various large rocks and stuff like that. But trees seem to be the most popular in the stories which kind of show, or at least have this belief that the hide behind is a very thin creature, something super skinny that can hide behind various trees. And we're talking about not just the big, giant oak trees or something like that, but small, skinny trees too, almost as if it can morph itself uh, to be bigger or smaller depending on what it's hiding behind. So there are some various descriptions for, for it i don't know what you came across justin but before i get into like the actual details of it i just want to point this out and maybe you'll know uh, what you came across to let us know but it's been described as like a canine it's also been described as being wraith like and it's also been described as being humanoid
1: right yeah that's kind of pretty much what i came across um other than it from all accounts, it it sounded like uh, it's always covered in hair, regardless of if the you can see the facial features or not.
0: Mm-hmm. But other well, than that, I,
1: yeah, that's all I came across, too.
0: Yeah, and, and I think... Well, one thing that's important to note is that it's always covered in black hair, like dark, pitch black mm-hmm. hair. Right. Not brown hair or anything. This isn't like camouflage you know there's like a like you would think of a bearer in the woodlands you might not see them behind a bunch of trees or in a pile of leaves or something like that uh this thing almost looked like a shadow and actually some of the some of the descriptions match almost like a shadow creature shadow like mm-hmm. figure or creature uh it right. would be seen as all black with yellow eyes is one description almost like a just a black mass uh no real detailed features uh it's been co- considered having Long black fur that was thick enough uh, to cover its front and back and face, making it completely indistinguishable. So you never knew if it was watching you or facing away from you or what. Um, And you couldn't even really know it, like see its limbs. Its limbs were everything was so long, (laughs) it just looked like a black mass, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's been said that it did have very short forelegs. Uh, that seemed to be very powerful and had bear-like claws. And when you think of that, I do think of canine-like resemblances to some other canine cryptids. Uh, Of course, you know, there's all kinds of different kinds out there, but its back legs were often seen as being very long uh, or being able to manipulate itself from being tall and short, depending on what it was hiding behind. Uh, There's a belief uh, in the stories that... This creature would hide and follow its prey until the prey was alone or secluded enough to be taken out. And by taking out, I mean, obviously not dinner and a movie, but (laughs) (laughs) if the hide behind would catch up to, to the to the logger and would actually rip its his guts out and then it would feast upon the flesh, either taking it back to the lair or feeding on him right there and then. Uh, Of course, this is just story. No one ever found a logger who was dead with their guts ripped out or anything like that. Right. Uh, This is a lot of this is just theory. That is just. Well, did you you,
1: uh, did you come across that? This is something that I came across was that it tended to eat the intestines.
0: Yes. Yeah, I did come across that. It it seemed like it. Don't know why. Again, there's really no. Evidence pointing to why people are suggesting right any intestines. any of
1: this right
0: um but you know it, it's weird because like when you think of cryptids that can or even not just cryptids but uh, think of modern day what we see is you know, the the modern wild animal out there wolves mm-hmm. being one of the primary right. especially in those areas uh, back then wolves roamed the entire northeast. And Midwest, you're thinking, or I'm I'm saying like Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Iowa, Indiana, Ohio, New York, all that was covered with timber wolves and gray wolves. Uh, and then most of them were pushed further west into Minnesota and Michigan, uh, and Wisconsin where they currently live, a little less in Michigan nowadays, unless you're looking up at the upper peninsulas. Right. But <clears throat> when you see animals like that, Now, pack hunters, obviously, they're going to rip whatever it is, limb from limb and try to get as much as they want. Uh, But if you're looking at a like a loner wolf, a single wolf who has to fight for survival, these these animals are likely going to go for the soft spots. So they're going to eat the throat or they're going to go for the belly, something they don't got to worry about ripping through bone and stuff like that. Right. Uh, Right. So it's possible. Same with bears as well. They might do the same thing. So it's possible that some of these uh, colonial loggers did indeed find somebody in the woods dead, who had their stomachs ripped open and their intestines gone, which could have simply been a carnivore animal, you know, a wolf or a bear or whatever else would be capable of taking a person down.
1: Yeah, I and that was something that. I found fascinating about all this is, is um, in in most of the descriptions, they didn't describe the people either, you know, what sizes they right. were or anything, but if they were loggers, they were more than likely at least muscular, uh, mm-hmm. big, big build. Um, so this thing had to be relatively large to, to do that. Um, now, <laughs> I didn't see anything where it said that this thing and, and again, w- w- we're going off of kind of speculation sort of uh, or, or for folklore because um, nobody supposedly had been left alive after this creature attacked. But did you ever did you see anything where it says they were attacked with the creature on just its hind legs or if it had to be on all fours to attack? Anything like that, no, where it would kind of give it a lot of speed to catch the no, people? No,
0: you know, nothing specific. It, there, there was a lot of uh, these stories that said that it was very fast, faster than any human can move. Uh, it well, like and I'll quote here, actually, from a, it's a website that I'm looking at called uh, Mythical Creature Ca- Mythical Creatures Catalog, uh, in which it states that the faster you move as a human, the faster it moved. So that you would never match its speed, which is why you might turn around and catch a glance glance of it real quick or a glimpse of it real quick, but then it would just disappear behind something. You never got to see the full body or get any real detail behind it. Uh, And one of the big reasons why no one has seen it is because its ability to stalk its prey so quietly and patiently. It can stalk prey for miles on end without ever being spotted. Could be heard, but never spotted. Uh, and then when the opportune moment arrives and it gets close enough, uh, it just reaches from around a tree or somehow jumps behind the, the prey, whoever the person is and rips their belly open. And that's pretty much it. That's how it starts. It feeds on the flesh of the, of the logger or whoever it is, or whatever it is. Uh, you know, it's not just people that this creature has been uh, claimed to feed on. It's also says that it's, occasionally fed on like freshwater birds right yep uh so you know i don't know i mean that's a big difference we're talking about humans compared to freshwater birds <laughs> right you know i mean i get it but like most animals if you're going to prey on a big thing or prey on a little thing you're preying on everything in between as well right uh right. so in this case i don't know what what the but one thing that is interesting is is that apparently, according to the folklore, this creature, the reason it's so patient, and maybe why there haven't been like anyone who survived really is because of its hunger, uh, is mainly due because it can fast for seven years before needing a meal to survive. So if you figure seven years, it comes out of the woodwork, takes out a couple loggers, then disappears again for seven years, not needing to feed. that could be one of the main reasons we don't have a ton of information on it Uh, this could be something that just comes out every so often Uh, and by the time you know seven years you figure say you're seven years old you know the next time it comes around you would be 14 and then you know so on and so forth you might forget about some of these things and think it more of just myth than actual uh, an actual creature in the woods right
1: you know I would love to talk to Stephen King and see if there was an influence for it from any any folklore where they the a creature only attacked in a certain time frame because uh in the story it i can't is it like 7 70 years 27 or 27 years ago. okay yeah i i knew it wasn't actually 70 cuz the kids grow up and and they're adults <laughs> not elderly um but uh it's interesting because um as I was doing the research, I actually found that there's a lot of pop culture in regards to this creature too. apparently there have been movies done books. Uh, and again, I never heard of any book or movie with the hide behind in the, the name at all. Um, so I'm sure maybe some of the movies might've been B movies or, or independent films. um, but I've never heard of any major productions of that. Um, same thing for books. Unless it was not done by a, a big-name person, which I don't usually go by that. I just kind of look at the books. But never heard of the hide-behind. It, w- it was just really weird to hear the what this creature was and, and the name. Um, something that uh, I kind of thought of when I was looking at this is... Uh, it it does have some similarity to the dog man of today. Uh, not necessarily the dog man is skinny, but the dog man does tend to, uh, stalk in the shadows. Uh, you do tend to just hear growling. And then eventually, uh, there have been people that s- say they see yellow eyes or, or the, uh, eye flash when they're doing video. Um, but um, n- never very often are they getting a full-on view of the Dogman either. Um, th- and it kind of made me think of the Bigfoot, too. But when they talked about canine features, that, that's kind of where my mind went on that. What, what do you think about that? It, it, could it be something kind of like what we know of today, just a different name, and, and they just didn't know what to call it because of the way that it hunted?
0: Sure. And let's be careful on on the term what we know of today, because obviously we don't know that any of these cryptids actually exist. Oh, no. Uh, but right. I just thrown it out there. I know, you know, <laughs> I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it's interesting because the hide behind has been relatable to Bigfoot in many uh, of the folklore. Uh, there's a lot of matches here and mainly in that it seems to appear and disappear so quickly. And when you think of Bigfoot, many of the sightings show it as being large with black fur hiding behind trees. Uh, and you're only able to catch a glimpse of it. Even in the photos and the videos, you can only see maybe a small bit of the facial fe- facial feature or like just a f- profile that's all blurry. Uh, and that's it. So there is some speculation that maybe the Bigfoot And the hide behind are the same creature Uh, in terms of canine-like. Again, this could be mistaken identity. We could be talking about wolves here still. Uh, It's been seen as having these claws up front, being powerful, having a tail, having uh, kind of longer or pointed like ears. Uh, In some of the descriptions, not all of them, there are some descriptions in which it looks more like a sloth like a really large sloth than anything, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's um, kind of strange. Yeah. And it has also been uh, considered relatable to something we've talked about in the past, which is really based on North, uh, uh, a Native American lore, and that is the Wendigo. Mainly in the fact that not only is this creature living in the woods and prowling in the woods, and particularly at night, but it's feeding on human flesh, which we know that the Wendigo, uh, according to story, is what it does. It feeds on flesh. Mm-hmm. It's a cannibal. The biggest difference that we can see here based on the stories, though, is that the hide behind is a creature that was born a creature from the very beginning. It was a monster uh, or cryptid all along, whereas the Wendigo is manifested as a monster after a certain Uh, period of time usually it's somebody who's been possessed by some type of spirit like a wendigo spirit that creates the wendigo Mm -hmm. or it's somebody who just kind of goes crazy kills their family or whoever in the village and starts feeding their flesh and the process of doing that turns them into a wendigo so a little bit of a difference here uh created further on in life whereas the hide behind is believed to have become a hide behind from the very beginning. So again, there are similarities. We can of course still talk, you know, chop chop all this up to like some type of spiritual aspect or even extraterrestrial. The fact that it disappears so quick um, like Bigfoot extraterrestrial. I know that's a big thing as of the last couple of years. Um, Spiritual in the sense that it's been seen as a black mass with glowing eyes. Some think of it as a shadow person I mean, uh, again, there's there's no video evidence. There's nothing that's come up lately uh, for it. But it's a story that right. continues to grow slowly, which is probably why we don't see many movies or books about it, uh, which is sad because there, the fact that there's so little information here on the hide behind really allows a creative person to build this character up and make some good content with it uh, in media. But it's not a big choice for people who are making writing books or making movies because most people aren't going to know what it is and it's not going to sell as quickly or as easily as something like some ghost story or, you know, some werewolf. There's a new werewolf movie out. I don't know if anyone's seen it. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. If you haven't checked it out, you you look it up? It's called, um, the beast of snow hollow. That's what it's called. Okay. Um, I, I haven't seen the movie. I only ended up watching the trailer because I don't know if you guys noticed. And I know we're getting a little off subject here, but since COVID, these on demand prices for video <laughs> on demand is just outrageous because these are all movies that are supposed to be in theaters. And right. so they're charging you, you know, 20 30 $40, which is fine, except that I usually go to matinees and only pay about six bucks. <laughs> so. <laughs> it it make more sense if they like change the price. Hey, if you're watching it before five p.m., you pay this amount, and you watch it after five p.m., you pay. I don't know. So, Little <laughs> pet peeve. I need to rant about. <laughs>
1: um, I don't. I don't think I heard you talk about it, but uh, apparently there was there is actually some repellents for this creature. Yes. To um, the two that I came across, and I, I don't know if you came across anything else, was uh, fire and alcohol mm-hmm. so get boozed up in a camp by a campfire and you're going to be perfectly fine folks
0: unless you throw up inside said campfire then you're going to ignite <laughs> into a fireball and probably just die anyway but then you yeah. will have a nice cooked meal so right there you go i don't know but if I like does he meals, prefer
1: but... i was gonna say does he prefer it raw
0: <laughs> yeah rare or well done i don't know um <laughs> But you know what? Yes. And I think, I think the alcohol thing is really interesting here. Like of all things, alcohol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course there's a lot of speculation that of course the hide behind was just a made up story for loggers uh, to keep them aware. Maybe there have been animal attacks and they want right. people to, to remember, you know, like, Hey, watch your back. We're in the wild. There are animals higher up in the food chain out here right now, you know? Um and so this could be a story, and one of the things that maybe they did was say, "Hey, alcohol keeps it keeps it away," just to give them a reason to drink alcohol on the job, which <laughs> many of them did. Uh, so that's could a possibility. Be. The fire one is actually kind of interesting, and I have a, like my own theory about it. Uh, one obviously is that. Animals tend to be afraid of fire.
1: I was gonna say all wild know. animals. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, not even wild. I don't know how Sarge does, but both of my dogs, Kota, Kodiak, even Harley, they're all petrified of fire. They don't like it. No, um, he
1: jumping into the fire if we let oh him. Goodness.
0: So, <laughs> well, you know, some animals. It, there's something about the flicker of flames that they don't really like. I don't mm. know if it's actually the flame or it's the smell or what it is because they have, you know, obviously super strong senses uh so maybe something they don't like there but maybe the
1: intense heat too they can feel the, could it, the be intense well. heat could feel of that. That.
0: yeah um but another thing is if this is more of like a shadow-like creature as opposed to a physical mass or maybe it's a shadow creature that can manifest physically mm-hmm. um, then maybe the fire prevents it literally prevents it from showing up because there's not there's no shadow sort to hide in, you know. And if it were to creep out into the fire, it just vanish, um, because of the light. I don't know. It's certainly possible, I suppose, but just again, one of these things that have to be left to theory until right. someone comes across a hide a hide behind. Right. Hope it's not me, but you know. Good
1: luck. Well, I just know. I just read that there was a story uh, written about Picos Bill. Uh, called Picos Bill Catches a Hide Behind, where it, it was captured and donated to a zoo by Picos Bill. So it, it's kind of interesting that uh, there there's these different stories about it. And again, I had never heard or, or read any stories where this creature was mentioned. But apparently also on the Harry Potter-themed news site Pottermore by J.K. Rowling, uh, she brings up the hide behind as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I guess that is another good question. Like, is it she She just heard about this creature, or is there folklore in England about these, this creature? Um, I didn't see anything that says, that would associate with that, because it says American folklore, but uh, early Americans came from England. So... It, <laughs> I don't. I honestly don't know. I couldn't. You can't really get a whole lot of information on this thing just because, like we said from the beginning, it's like super, super vague. Um, right. But all right. Well, I think we'll take a quick break, folks. You've been listening to Paratruth Radio right here on New Lantern Media. We will be right back right after this. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you.
0: head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show.
1: There are spirits everywhere watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. Fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. G- go away. Go- I-, I got it. I got it. Hey, everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone get me Brian Anderson.
0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to Paratry, the Radio. My name is Eric.
1: And I'm Justin.
0: And we are here today talking about the hide behind. This is a cryptid of the Americas, uh, and in particular seems to have resided around the Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Michigan states, uh, in particular around the logging countries uh, way back when colonials, colonial times, when everyone was out there building up the villages and trying to establish the new world Um, as we've seen in many native American folklore uh, when even just in with native Americans in general, but also when, um, when, when the West started or the East started East, West, West East. I always get confused because depending (laughs) on where you are in the country, it can change. So, (laughs) Uh, but when colonials started coming over uh, to colonize, of course, America, a lot of these stories really amped up like big time when we're talking about not just the hide behind, but the Wendigo, uh, Bigfoot sightings, werewolves, all these things are coming over here. Uh, many of these had already existed here, and some of them are very new to the Colonials. Mm-hmm. Some of them they brought with them. Uh, and this is just another one. We don't get many that take place in the Northern Midwest areas like Michigan, Wisconsin, and Minnesota minus the Bray road beast, um, which doesn't really go back as far. That's a little more modern. Uh, but this one does go back far enough. This is right up there with the Windigo, Uh, and of course the whole disappearance of Roanoke,
1: mm-hmm. Roanoke right.
0: disappearance, which this could very well be one of the reasons why, who knows, uh, but it's very interesting to me because, again, this is one of those stories that just isn't very popular by any means. It has been popularized for some reason. I don't know if it's because of the lack of information or it's just something that, that uh, individuals and groups just didn't lock onto when they're going through the researches, you know, like, like mm-hmm. Bigfoot or like some of these others. Uh, but there's still, of course, this possibility that the hide-behind is a creature that we've already have very well established at least in theory and that is of course bigfoot uh they have very strong similarities minus the whole killing aspect because there hasn't really been much conversation about bigfoot's killing people they tend to be a little more uh distance they've been practicing social distancing a lot longer than us i'm pretty <laughs> sure so good for them they were ready for this uh but yeah you know so i don't know like when you think of all the cryptids that we've discussed over the years uh and you compare them to a creature like the hide behind what's something that you either find i I guess both interestingly similar but also uh i guess interestingly or oddly different from some of these other stories that we've we've talked about or have heard over the years
1: um i i think the the biggest thing for me the difference between like for example uh the dog men or werewolf um or or bigfoot because these these are furry creatures that we've talked about in more recent years especially throughout our, our career of podcasting paranormal podcasting um never have I heard a description where this thing is, uh, uh, any creatures like this are thin, um, or, or have these features of certain lengths for the, the arms and legs. Um, again, it could be a, a shapeshifter. That's, that could be a good possibility. Um, you know, a lot of people believe that, uh, bigfoot is not necessarily a shapeshifter but um sh- shifts between realities and that's why a lot of times we get fuzzy pictures of it um but that that was the only major similarity i saw uh yeah it it does hunt kind of weird but the, the thin aspect was the thing that caught my eye. Uh, the similarities was, uh, like I said earlier, the, the canine uh, appearance uh, or humanoid canine appearance, um, which definitely makes me think of of werewolf or dogman. Um, I guess it, it could kind of reference Bigfoot as well because it... Depending on the lighting, it could kind of look like a canine. Um, but, uh, the, the thing that fascinated me was that it all, in all accounts, had black hair. Uh, in, in most Bigfoot and Dogman cases that you hear about today, uh, the creatures usually have varying colors in their hair. Um, that's, that's pretty much what comes to my mind. What about you?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, in, in terms of similarities, uh, a lot of this stuff happens in the woods, right? We don't see many city mm. dwellers and a lot of these right. creatures, uh, which is could be a whole population thing. Makes sense. They want to stay hidden. Um, but they all t- t- seem to hunt within the woods uh these could be the woods in your backyard these could be the big forest southwest uh so they're around but the other thing is that they always seem to be hiding in the shadows like you said whether it's bigfoot dogmen werewolves anything like that it's always at night they're always in the shadows minus bigfoot who comes out during the day especially when mm. we have our video evidence um but even then they th- are often considered to be nocturnal by nature uh, any real strong interaction with Bigfoots happen at night, it seems. Um, so that is one definite similarity between them. Uh, and when it comes to differences between all these other cryptids, I think it's more so that this one's more of a stalking. like this one's this one is considered to be looking for you. You know, uh, when you think of the werewolf, when you think again of the dogman or Bigfoot, we tend to spot them and they just run away. They very rarely ever attack. And in the Mm -hmm. stories regarding the hide behind, it's always stalking and eventually it gets you if you're not careful. Uh, It actually reminds me a lot of like a mountain lion in in terms of how it hunts and that it stalks. But when you look at it, it stops as long as it sees your eyes, it too won't move. Usually. Um, In fact, there's this one, there's like this uh, way to protect yourself when you're in the mountains or anywhere where mountain lions might be. If you're in California, you know, my sister lives out there. And so sometimes if you wear like a hat or something on your shirt, that looks like two white dots which is very representative of like eyes. It looks like eyes to animals. Uh, You can actually protect yourself by making it look like you're looking at the creature, even though you're not. Um, And that kind of helps ward off mountain lions and animals like that, who might not give away their position if you were looking at them. Uh, So, you know, and and that's kind of like this guy, you look at the hide behind and he immediately hides behind something. The other thing is that we only touched on this very briefly? I think we just skimmed over it uh, with like a word or two. Is that it? Apparently has the ability to shapeshift, and I don't think it means shapeshift like, uh, like a skinwalker might shapeshift. You know, we're not saying it can shift into various animals or something like that. Right. But its shape literally shifts to match the object it's hiding behind. So maybe its limbs elongate to match the branches that exceed out from the tree. Uh, but its midsection stays a little thicker to match the tree's width. Uh, That's what we're talking about when we're thinking of shape-shifting here, which is really interesting as well. Uh, Because you can look back and see a tree moving and you would never see the hide behind because it's moving along with the tree by shifting and shaping itself to match it. So that is something that's very eerie um, and definitely different from any other cryptid we've ever talked about. Uh, aside from that, it's that it has these glowing yellow eyes, apparently. This isn't a reflection, according to the stories. This isn't something that you just take a pic of, especially back then. You, know, you don't typically just take pictures uh, when, when the new colonies are being developed here in America. You didn't have that kind of stuff uh, at your disposal. So these were eyes that seemed to be glowing on their own. They were self-illuminated, which again gives us more of a or to me more of a spiritual side to it, or at least uh, more extraterrestrial in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. Why would an animal need eyes to glow other than to be perfectly balanced for night, for nighttime, you know, like right. to have this internal glow, it's like having little flashlights. Uh, so that's the only thing I could think of, or if people just happen, I don't know, it could be moonlight shining through the trees, reflecting again, like use it reflection. It could be that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really a weird creature for sure.
1: (laughs) Well, I I guess, uh, when push comes to shove, uh, if you had to put your finger on it, do you think this creature is actually a thing?
0: Um, hmm. I'm going to give you the answer that nobody likes and that is yes and no (laughs) reason being based on what evidence I see here and based on the video evidence that I've seen uh, over the last couple of months, it really does seem to act a lot like a, a, like a a shadow, uh, uh, like a black mass or um, uh, a shadow person. That is very similar to that in many of these accounts that I've heard and have seen with video. Whether the videos were real or not, that's what they're they're making it out to look like. Uh, there's this one video that I watched in which a woman heard noises in her backyard and she went out to look, and she like peered her flashlight across like around the backyard, and the beam hit a tree and there's this black shadow like a face. You couldn't see anything. It's just the black shadow looking at her, and as soon as the light hit her it slid back behind the tree and that was it. It disappeared. She didn't go out to look at it. I don't blame her. I wouldn't either, you know, but it really does have this similarity to a shadow person. Um, so I think that if the hide behind is real, it very well could be a shadow person that is a, that's either lurking or haunting particular areas in the forest. Um, and who knows what that could be? I mean, this could be uh, Native Americans that had died in those in those woods at some point. You know, this could be other loggers that had disappeared. They could have fell off a cliff or were attacked by other animals that we know are real uh, in these areas. Bear and wolves and, you know, like even wolverines and things like that. You know, these cana are these uh, um, mean meat mean eaters. What's a mean eater? <laughs> meat eating <laughs> animals uh you know that i think anything like that it's more ghost-like as opposed to an actual physical, physical entity creature. and mainly because there's no evidence showing that anyone was killed by it that's just part of the story but no one has said oh you know such and such died by the hand or by the claws of the hide behind you know we don't have that where in other stories we do in stories of wendigo there's kind of a myth behind it with a story with a person's name attached to it and a family, you know? So without that kind of evidence, we can only go so far as living it as a theory and more as a maybe make believe story, or in this case, just simple folklore, maybe it exists, maybe it doesn't. And if it does, it could be anything. And we've already discussed the similarities that it has with so many other creatures.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I honestly, for this particular one, I'm, I'm thinking that this is just folklore. Um, I know that you're saying that there's supposed video evidence. Um, but, um, you, you know, I, I haven't heard anything about this in recent times. Um, so, I mean, if it is happening, it's very few and far between. Um, but to me, this sounds like a story that was created uh, like we had talked about for loggers to be to be aware and and people living in the woods in general um, in heavy wooded areas compared to an actual creature. Because the thing is there's it's such a vague description. Uh, it could be human humanoid. It could be dog like uh, more wraith like. Um. It, it uh, kind of along the lines of why it's very hard for me to believe that Bigfoot is real because you know, t- as we've t- talked to people in in more recent times, oh, it's an interdimensional creature. Uh, it's j- just very elusive. Um the pictures are blurry because it's shifting. Uh You know, it's hard for me to believe in something that is like that. And, you know, people w- could speculate and say, well, you believe in God, angels, and demons. Yeah. And that's why it's hard for me to say one way for sure or another on certain things. But for this particular one, it's it to me feels very much like just folklore. All right. So um, any other thoughts or, or uh, ideas before we end for the evening?
0: No, I don't think so. But if anyone out there knows more about the hide, hide behind than we do, um, if you've come across anything, maybe you've seen it yourself or think you've seen it then definitely reach out to us. As always, we want to hear your story. We want to share it with everybody else. Um, heck if you have a story we'd be happy to have you on with us join yeah. us one of these nights we'll put you on air tell us your story we'll talk about it I'd love to hear it so um, hide behind we got one saying possible the other saying nah <laughs> what do you guys think
1: yeah I, I would love to hear everybody's thoughts on this because this is one that is, is kinda, kind of odd uh, only because it's not super popular So um, I I definitely want to hear everybody's thoughts. So one thing I really wanted to announce, uh, because we are a part of New Lantern Media, uh, we are getting rid of Crime Crack. So um, I I think that it's a good sign for us because we do have way too many shows with our voices on them, on our, uh, our network um but it's also one that we we wanted to try out and it it just did not go the way that we thought it would uh as well as go along the same lines of other true crime uh podcasts as well so uh we're going to be retiring crime crack um we do have the other shows on there right now uh paratrooth radio beyond reason paranormal heart and two girls in a zoom potato uh so definitely check all those out um i Definitely want to keep all of that uh, going for uh, as long as we can, if not for forever. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we are looking, as we always say, are looking for new shows. Uh, we are working on a, a video show possibly to be on our YouTube channel. So stay tuned for that and all the news for that as well. Um, and uh, a couple other podcasts, maybe some limited series podcasts. Uh, and uh, yeah, just stay tuned to New Lantern Media, we got so much stuff going on uh, and I'm super happy to be doing it weekly again for Parachute Radio Uh so yeah, until next time where you'll find us, same time same channel, my name is Justin
0: and I'm Eric peace this yes. is
1: That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure.
0: Ransomware. When your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars.
1: The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come through. The
0: post-Cold War era is over. Dotcom The Hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dotcom, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe.